0: Hey guys, it's Lavetta. And it's Miriam. And this is the Notorious Women Podcast, a comedy podcast about some of history's most notorious women. That's right. Hey. Y'all. 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 How are you doing this week? Listen,
1: I'm really tired, but <laughs> but it's okay. I just spent Thanksgiving with like me familia um, and... <laughs> Me familia, I don't know why I'm phrasing it that way. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm tired. Every one of my family members, like, they're, they're night owls. And all of our mm. kids are now old enough. Like, it's definitely past their bedtime. But, like, it's fine. And so, no. we, listen, girl, I went to bed at midnight three nights in a row. As oh, yeah. as did my children. Yeah. Mm. But it was so fun.
0: Fun. <laughs> it
1: <was> so- <laughs> yes. It was just like, Not. yeah. Well, it was like, it was kind of fun. It was fun. And then it was like, oh, we regret everything, you know, but then it was fun again. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, you just lose track yeah. of time. That's why, that's
0: why kids love holidays. Yeah. Because they get to break the rules. They get to, you know, but...
1: And my white kid's it's... like, can we watch two movies? Because he figured it out. He figured it out. He's mm-hmm. like, you're going to lose track of time. And I got time. Yep. And I was like, no, <laughs> just one movie. They watch like two movies and like some cartoons. They just... Aww. And nobody knows time. Like I was at one point, I was like, no. what time is it? And my mom was like, oh, 9.15. It was 11.42. Like it was... <laughs> And kids are like, score. Yeah, yeah." they really are. They're like, oh, we win.
0: (laughs) It's hilarious. We have to remember what it was like to be that age, like, you know, And, and just so people know this, we're recording this, uh after the previous episode you listened to, which we pre-recorded. So that's why people are like, Thanksgiving what? was a while ago. So yeah, this is going to be a couple weeks after Thanksgiving. But um, it's the holiday festive season. I know. But I'm
1: wearing, do you see yeah. the shirt that I'm wearing? It says cheer on it and it is red for Christmas. This Jewish girl loves Christmas so
0: <laughs> much.
1: My uh-oh, house threw uh-oh. up Christmas and I'm so excited about <laughs> it. Okay.
0: How are you? Oh, I love. Chris. I know. I'm tired. Um yeah. My grandmother and my grandpa were like, "You gonna help with the tree?" Of course, they harassed me for the tree, right? Which of course, they. I'm did. staying with them. Yes, and they have it packed, not in the best way. And so I pull the tree out. The, pre- the tree is way too big for like okay. their new space,
1: right? You know, like she has so yes. much stuff
0: out, and I was like, "There's no way we can fit the <laughs> tree in there." So I had to wrap it all up, and my grandpa wasn't being very helpful. I, I, I was like. Because I was like, guys, I'm tired. Like, you don't understand. I have to. It's like having children when you have when you're looking after older people. So you're saying
1: there's family drama involved during the holidays? (laughs) This is this is new for me. I didn't I didn't realize. Is that a thing?
0: I don't. But I also think the tree thing, not enough has been written about about the drama that goes on around. Putting the tree and decorations up.
1: Maybe that's what you because, and I need to write a script. Yeah,
0: So <laughs> people to relate. Like, Cause I'm such a like, I'm such a city girl at this point. I'm just like, mm, I have a little tree which Tabletop. I love. It's, yeah, it's pre lit. Yeah, <laughs> it's got a cute little red little satin thing. It came <laughs> with a, a star. I light it up. I'm like, well, good to go. And I pull it out a little bit and put little bulbs on it. It takes me 10 minutes to set it up. You know, and... that's where I started. That's where I it was yeah. and it was funny
1: because I was like, the first tree that we got, Sal and I, New York, no kids. Um, I'm Jewish, he's Catholic. And it was me at Dwayne Reed calling him. I just purchased a tree. <laughs> And it's too heavy. I need you to meet me at the Dwayne Reed on Forty Seventh and Fifth because I <laughs> need you to. Know, I know that Dwayne Reed. You know <laughs> Is that Duane still there? That, oh, I have no idea. Probably, and he like <laughs> poor Sal just was like a motherfucker. You know, okay. He's like, but you're j- don't ask questions. I love Christmas.
0: Um, yeah, and ever I since I mean, because it's a fun time of year. Like people yeah. are in a good mood, and you have kids, so you gotta do the oh, big yeah. treat. Like if you have kids, you gotta do the big treat. It's like you've no choice. You gotta make it magical for them. But I'm just like, and I love Christmas too. But I'm like, because I we have to as adults. We have to clean up after everything. See, right? that's like, the
1: problem. See, I didn't have Christmas as a child, so I'm kind of like poor Sal though, because I didn't have it as a child. Like he kind of is the one who cleans like a lot up. Because I'm like. <laughs> I'm playing with my new toys. I'm busy. <laughs> yep. But I make dinner. I make I mean, like a good fun. dinner. So
0: oh, while you guys are doing it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, that's like, smart. See?
1: But it's like Teamwork. my dinner. It's like I'm gonna research fun recipes that are like a little expensive that I wouldn't normally do, mm. you know, which yeah. my children are usually like, I'd rather have the boring pasta. This is like weird. Yeah. And I'm like, or you don't,
0: chicken so, nuggets. That's all thing kids want. Chicken listen, nuggets, pasta, and pizza. This year? I'm going to do what I want, and I'm going to heat up
1: chicken nuggets, <laughs> and I don't want to hear another thing about it. That is my actual plan.
0: <laughs> well, I, uh, I'm i with you. I mean, easy right? is easy. Like, I, I might lose my black card, black southern card, because for Thanksgiving, I, I cheated on the mac and cheese. Stop, because I had mac and cheese. I got, uh, whose mac and cheese do not did you
1: have, though? Listen, it's Lucille's. So I don't want to talk about it.
0: Um Okay. <laughs> because black people yeah are serious about their mac and cheese I know. and but it turned out pretty good. I got store bought mac and cheese but wow. I reseasoned it. Mm. I seasoned it. You got it cuz you got to put more seasoning in it, put uh-huh. more cheese on it and then I put it in the oven and baked it for like 20 minutes and it came out really good actually. Do you remember um, did we
1: talk about this 500 years ago? Do You know the show High on the Hog?
0: Oh yeah, of course.
1: Okay. And they I know boil about the, the mac milk? and cheese. Yeah. I want to try that. I still want to try that. Game changer. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Did you do like, that? I think the second season of that out. Uh, it no, is? no. I'm See, so ready. So mac and cheese is like, but I did make corn uh, muffins uh, from okay. cornbread, and I actually okay. uh, put like I tried the thing where you put a little, little honey in it, the sour cream, and they turned out really good. Actually, that sounds really they out good. Really, really good. Yeah, and I like the muffins better because they don't take as long to cook. I mean, uh, they they cook pretty quickly. Um, but I did cook Cornish hens, and like I mean, I can cook. But who, girl,
1: you heard me work. when I said
0: I went to a restaurant? Okay, yeah, I don't. This is a long I mean, story. You know what? Next year, actually, <laughs> we we are getting get started soon. But actually, yeah. when I lived in New York, that's when I I learned about the Jewish Christmas Day Chinese food in a movie, and did I was like, you? yes, I love okay. this. There is an
1: SNL <laughs> sketch that. Makes me die. I love it so much. It is easily 15 years old and it's called Christmas Time for the Jews. You Uh have to look it up because it's a little bit true. (laughs) It's like the Jews take over the town. They drink their sweet ass wine. It's like it's hilarious
0: i have to check it out. But I mean, I've I've had many Jewish Christmases when I lived in New York. Like, well, when the I was kids like, this were, is great. I don't have to cook. Yeah.
1: When the <laughs> kids amazing. were little and I was like really tired, we would have Chinese food because we're also Jewish. You know what I mean? Like
0: mm-hmm. that way yeah. I do not have to cook. And it's really good.
1: Honestly, yeah.
0: delicious. The Chinese food is delicious.
1: Yeah. Um, like, so. I'm mad at that.
0: All right, I we know. should probably. I guess get we started. should get started. Uh, now I think this week uh, I am first, but let me just double check. But also, yeah. before we get started, we actually have a um we have a new subscriber on our YouTube channel. We don't check our YouTube as much as we should, so we're gonna include that. But, but we're excited. So yeah. So I want to uh, just shout out two people, uh, Deborah Battle, who found us from my appearance on the Michaud Mission.
1: Yes. Hey, Debra.
0: Thank you so much for sending us uh, a message on our YouTube channel. Yes. Um, she wrote, uh, hi, just found out about your podcast on the Michaud miss- Mission, looked over your episodes and found the woman I wanted wanted to her about to hear about Doris Payne. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> She's amazing Doris Payne is one of my favorites, mm. of course. Uh so thank you, Deborah. We really, really appreciate it. I hope we didn't disappoint. Um hashtag not historians. Um mm, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that <laughs> so um we also just love to um um thank people for just finding us and even taking the time to write a comment on one of our uh, videos and so I really really appreciate it and just for those of you who want to know uh, Doris Payne is from season one episode 12 so check that it's out a, if you guys a, it's want to it's a good to. one
1: she's amazing she's fascinating
0: yeah and also on that same episode we had a comment from uh, and there's not a name it's from 258269 Ah, uh, they wrote. Okay, for one thing, looking the part was more than dressing up. I work with high-end jewelry and diamonds, and one of the things a salesman does is look at the jewelry you're already wearing. So she had to have a few in oh, order to fool them.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, didn't we talk about that? So yeah. that's so you because you thought that was the case, and now right? Yeah. I'm. Am I making yep. up a memory? It's totally possible. Well, I
0: mean, but it's that true makes sense. that you yeah. know. Someone like her, you and I also used to work in a high end jewelry store myself, actually, when I was in college.
1: And they're right.
0: Like you 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 learn how to clock like expensive things that a lot of people don't know about. Like for instance, Chopard. Have you ever heard of Chopard? No. (laughs) A lot of people, I mean, you know, Chopard is like it's is it's probably French? Yeah, French because <laughs> Chopard sounds right. Um, they make <laughs> they make jewelry, and their big thing was, or still is probably, teddy bears. They make teddy bears, and it's very like snooty. And I had never heard of these. Uh... In fact, I learned how to sp- I learned how to pronounce Gucci when I worked at this place because I was like, like Goosey? Gucci, <laughs> Gucci. <Go-key. laughs> Gucci, it's Gucci. Um, it's Gucci also,
1: because
0: okay, this place sold fine uh, jewelry and high end leather goods as well,
1: and like teddy bears, um, like for that n- the children Chopard can't even, hard even makes look at jewelry.
0: It's you know how like uh, Tiffany's has the um, the Elsa Peretti, the X's and the O's, or Tiffany has the beans, um, the bean Listen, jewelry. I don't have a lot of. It's jewelry. like a, I don't know anything okay. you're saying. <laughs> So Tiffany has like a bean fine. jewelry, and the thing the thing about Tiffany's is that they they part of their thing is that they love to say that they have something at every price point for everyone. So they have they, something that yeah. might be twenty five dollars up to, I don't know, a hundred thousand dollars. Uh, or more like, you know, that's their thing. But certain yeah. things like, like Hermes, I had never heard I of actually, Hermes scarves, like I, how I knew that about about Tiffany's. I have a friend, my friend Lori, yeah. if you're listening, Lori.
1: I remember, because I was like, girl, I can't afford it. She's like, no, but you can't. First of all, they'll yeah. let you in. Second of all, there <laughs> are things. Like, you know, my husband was like,
0: well,
1: $25 for like a, but I was like, but it's Tiffany. And I'm never going to convince Tiffany. you
0: of anything. So it's fine. Don't worry about it. And and it's high and it's high quality, but no Chopard are it is high quality. Um, they make yeah. other jewelries? Yeah, Chopard makes. Um, but it's it's my point is that that's a particular brand that only people in the know know. So if someone Obviously. came in, I would I would be able to spot Chopard. Um. And so it's kind of like one of those things. Like remember when that whole OJ thing, the Bruno Molly shoes, and I people do are like. Not. Yeah, but. that was the thing like, and he was like, those ugly ass shoes. But apparently Bruno Molly shoes are like high end. They were high end. And so most people who didn't have money didn't know. Like right. certain things, it's that, it's the uh, uh, the dog whistle. It's the rich person's dog whistles is Do what it is. Do you know Zarna Garg? We no. are so
1: off topic. Okay, she is hilarious. She's an Indian comic. She's a mom. I love her. She. We actually follow her on Instagram. Um, oh, good. she's so funny. And she has this series. I think it's on Instagram. I've seen it on Instagram. I don't know. Maybe it was TikTok first, where she takes the highest end bags and goes through them and shows you how it is to actually have this bag as a daily bag. And it's so funny Ooh. because they are not great. In terms of user friendliness, and she's so funny. She's like, five years later, you've closed it, okay? <laughs>
0: like, yeah, no, that's so the whole funny. point of those things. Yeah, like the Hermes bag. Just, I know people yeah. love the uh, the Birkin bag, which she does. I learned a whole about Birken that when I worked thing. at this place. And she's, she's I prefer very the like, Kelly bag. I don't know what you said. See, I prefer the okay, Kelly bags. See, that's, that's what I'm saying. But like, once celebrities and I bet you really rich people are like, oh, the Birkins is so passe because everyone Probably. has Birkin now. It's only ten thousand um, dollars. <laughs> Pshaw! It's only uh, no, actually, those Birkins are. But those those bags are not meant to be actually used. <laughs> you use them like I one don't time. Comprehend? Cartier makes leather goods. And they have a sapphire collection, and I remember holding the sapphire collection. They they scrape, they scratch very, very easily (laughs) because the leather is so soft. Buy another one, (laughs) exactly, or you handle them with care, right? And so my point is, don't have uh, children ever. (laughs) Ever, this person's right. Like you can always spot, and so when you work at these places, you're trained to spot. Like you know, inconspicuous wealth is what it is, and so yeah, I bet you yeah. Doris caught on. You know, because remember she they said that she was so light skin, yes, and she looked like a supermodel, and people, and then she would kind of like you know um, muddle her bat her past, and she seemed like an international and uh, you know traveler and that stuff like that. So, but you guys should check out Doris Payne. She is fascinating <laughs> all um, right we should probably so
1: do this episode. yes
0: let's get started <laughs> so yes yeah, so this week i am first and um, who is your woman so so you know i'm always looking for really interesting ladies um you know i love a a bad girl yeah you do. Uh, but i also love a woman that's hilarious and um that's Probably in more recent history, so I'm not going back to like ancient times or anything like that. This lady is actually more recent, and okay. she actually was born around the same time as Nancy Reagan was. A more recent oh, uh, subject, okay. Um, but this week, my notorious woman is Leona Helmsley. Oh, Do you know who Leona Helmsley is God, Sounds familiar, I, right? Yeah, like of course,
1: I, I picture her with jewels outside of Fifth Avenue things. But that is as far okay. as I have in my head. Go on. Okay, so let's get to
0: it. Okay. So Leona Helmsley was born Lena Mindy Rosenthal on July, uh in July of nineteen twenty in Marlborough, okay. New York, to Polish Jewish immigrants. Ida, a homemaker, and Morris Rosenthal, a hat maker. Yes.
1: Oh right. So I'm now, she's probably my cousin. Go on.
0: She <laughs> I don't know if you want to be related to her. Oh God, okay. maybe she, no, but, it's like a fourth um,
1: cousin seven times
0: removed. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> now, when she was very young, her parents moved and eventually settled in Manhattan, which okay. you know anybody from New York knows. Like when you go to Manhattan, it's like ooh, big time, right? Well, sure, you live in Manhattan. <laughs> um, now. Being the child, the first generation American, being the child of, of not only immigrants, but probably Jewish immigrants around this time, anti Semitism is still a big thing yep. today, but even yep. more so then. Yeah. Um, she, I, I feel like Lena <laughs> became, was kind of like self conscious about that. Yeah. So after she graduated from high school, she changed her name several times over a short period of time, and from uh, Lena to Lee Roberts to Mindy Roberts and Lenny Roberts before settling on Leona Mindy Roberts.
1: Now that's just all very okay. questionable. You know what I mean? Like if I yeah. met someone and the last time she told me her name was Lee Lena, and now she's Mindy, I would be like, I don't know, girl. Who? Mm, I don't know. Well, I you know? think.
0: I think Lena, now Leona, had like aspirations about business. She basically was trying to pass for a Gentile, I, th- I think. Oh, of course she um, was. And, he, you know, because, again, people, for those anti-Semites who are like, the Jews take over everything. No, they okay. don't. But, uh, no, A. Wait, I'm wondering B, if,
1: if they do take over everything. Like, where's my cut? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm sitting here waiting for everything. I don't understand. Miriam.
0: What? Miriam. What? You know where your cut is? They went where? to make the lasers.
1: Okay. Oh, right. The space lasers.
0: You're the right. The space lasers. You're right. We all okay, had to put our money in.
1: Are. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. No. I remember no. when you texted me so randomly and you're like, why didn't you tell me about the lasers? <laughs> and I was like, what lasers? <laughs> what are you talking about? I hadn't talked to you in like two weeks. It was, it was like COVID. I was like, and I was like, what? are you okay and you were like miriam the space laser i was like oh shit
0: (laughs) yeah i thought we were friends girl you need to hook us up with the space lasers (laughs) access okay jews only i'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs) okay i get it i get it my bad um so (laughs) i forgive you So, nowadays, Jewish people have the space lasers and and, and rule the world. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, but in 1938, they did not. (laughs) Nor do they do now. Not a great year for Jews. Okay. No. So, in 1938, at the age of 18... Now, Leona, Leona Mindy Roberts, no okay. longer Lena Rosenthal, <laughs> okay, right. married her first husband, Leo Panzerer, Pen- who became uh, a lawyer. So okay, she married. They had a, The couple had a son named Jay in 1940, so two years later. And they were married for 14 years before I, divorcing in 1952.
1: Question, did she pretend to not be Jewish to her husband? Do we know?
0: You know, it's not clear. Um, I would imagine if he knows her family, they probably yeah. know, but as you know, as you well know, of course, but a lot of people may not know, a lot of Jewish people did change their names in an attempt oh. to avoid discrimination and to assimilate because that's what they were told that they had to do in order to be successful Americans. Yep. So, yep. Uh, and they were not wrong. There's a reason no. why they had yeah. to change their There's, name because I'm yeah. like... Don't change a name, but I didn't live in 1938 and had a Jewish name either. So
1: what's um, funny is a lot and, of,
0: a lot of Jewish last names now, including my own,
1: mm-hmm. wasn't a Jewish last name. It was right founded because they needed to change the Jewish last name to a not Jewish last name. Well, now it's Jewish because they, they had children and then they were like, it's okay, we're Jewish, you know, and then, you know, like, yeah. that's, it's so interesting. All right, go on.
0: Well, go I on. mean, it's it's probably one of those things he knew, but it's also in business because I also think she may have changed it not only for that, but also when you're going into business, it's just like uh, yeah. this is a discussion that Black people have. Like, do you give your kids a Black sounding name, quote unquote? Will There's they a, yeah. will their resumes go in the garbage? It's it's also that kind of thing that people don't think about practical stuff. So, yeah. Um, oh yeah. But in nineteen fifty-two, she and Leo uh, divorced. Uh now newly divorced, uh, she worked uh briefly at a, a sewing factory, but then quickly turned to real estate. Because I have a feeling that uh Leona uh had big dreams okay. of living the high life. Yep. I think um, so. Um she she wanted to be she wanted to live well, okay. She wanted to upgrade. So Listen, she went I to hear real her real estate there, you know. Right. I, girl. I get it. Yep. Okay. Now, in 1968, while working as a condominium broker, and she was very successful from the get go. Her personality, she's very uh, headstrong, very good at business, very smart. Okay. Um, so wor- while working as a condominium uh, broker, she met and began her involvement with the then married real estate entrepreneur, Harry Helmsley. Ah, that's the last name I was looking for. Okay. yeah Yeah, eventually she joined one of his okay yep eventually she joined one of his brokerage firms brown harris stevens and became a senior vp damn girl right now ride that ladder up there okay now at the time she was already a millionaire herself in her own right because she was very good at her job very very successful okay um Harry eventually divorced his wife of 33 years. So he was he was significantly older than her and married Leona on April 8th, 1972.
1: I'm sure his wife has okay. something to say about that.
0: Yeah. I mean, he was very, very wealthy. So um, hopefully she got at least half hopefully of that Hopefully she money. was like, um, listen,
1: I'm rich and I don't have to deal with him
0: anymore. You know? Yeah. That is my hope for Now, her. You, I'm gonna get more into this, but the thing about Leona, like she was very good at her job. She had the gift of gab. She was very ambitious, uh, but she also, uh, which I think may may not have been unusual in New York uh, business, and still is not unusual in New York business today. She liked to cut corners. Uh, she. A lot of people feel like the marriage may have saved her career because several of her tenants had sued her oh. the year before for forcing them to buy condominiums under false pretenses. Oh, shit. Um, so they won and she was forced not only to compensate the tenants, but to give them three year leases. Like her real estate free? license was also suspended. Wait, uh, for free? So apparently in she... In New York City? So In New York City. So you Damn. know it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. She fucked up. So... She basically promised. She, a lot of them say that they were strong armed into buying their condominiums under false, um, um, not pretenses, but under false. They, she promised them something that was not true. So, yeah. So, fraud, basically. Fraud is the um, word, I think. Yeah. Fraud is the word. So, allegedly. But, uh, allegedly. So, mm-hmm. she was asked to compensate them, but, um, you know so that is legal that is true so, so uh, yeah. go so on so she turned her focus from her own sort of uh career selling condominiums to um Harry's already successful business okay but she aimed to not only just be a brokerage firm but she wanted him to get into the hotel business okay okay so I'm remembering things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So at first, she she uh, turned some of the business to the conversion of apartment buildings into condos. Which side note, I was just watching this video on um, Lauren Bacall, who I love, and And the uh, the what's the famous building that she her apartment was in?
1: Yes, Um, and it's the the
0: the, Rosemary's Baby is set there. Um, So anyway, that apartment building that that happened. When that building, when the owner died, basically everyone got together and they uh, bought the building and they turned it into a co-op. So... Um, that was a big thing in New York because in New York, the, the old saying is that they're not making new land. <laughs> That's why it's so expensive. Yeah. yeah exactly. You know, in Manhattan, especially. And so you facts. have to kind of, in order. Yeah. And yeah, you have to sort of like do this kind of thing. And that was happening a big time during this time. So at first, she turned the business, part of the business, to uh, converting apartment buildings into condos. And then they moved on to the hotel industry and they built they built the Hemsley Palace Hotel on Madison Avenue.
1: Okay. Now
0: together the Helmsleys built a New York real estate empire that included two hundred and thirty Park Avenue, the Empire State Building. Oh hey, okay the the Tudor uh and the Tudor City apartment complex on East Side as well as the Hemsley Spear Inc, uh, a management and leasing company. So they're they're like managing apartment buildings, leasing apartment buildings, uh, managing condominiums and co ops. They're doing all kinds of things and uh and hotels. So a lot of money. I know, but so, that feels like a
1: lot of work too. Do you know what I mean? Like that yeah, feels but like you, too much.
0: She- she. I watched an interview with her on Sixty Minutes with uh, I think it was a Mike Wallace, and it where she was in one of the hotels, and it was really interesting. This woman was very, very smart. Harry actually lucked out by getting a wife this smart because yeah. he was a successful businessman. But it's because of her that they were able to do what they were do. It was it was just yeah. the both of them because he had the the uh, finances obviously, but she had the know how. She really was in there like. Looking at the finer details,
1: yeah. I mean, um, I'm just and, I'm genuinely oppressed. Like I, I feel like that's a lot yeah. of responsibility, and you have to hire a lot of people that you trust. Really,
0: you know. Yeah. Uh, now the couple also developed properties that included the Hemsley Palace Hotel. Like I said, the Hems, the H- New York Hemsley Hotel, the Park Lane Hotel, and hotels in Florida and other states. Okay,
1: I'm exhausted. By the beginning,
0: go on. I know. By the beginning of 1989, they had 23 hotels in the chain and were, were directly controlled by Leona Helmsley herself. So, okay. Okay. This is when her reputation, uh-huh. her notorious reputation began to crystallize. So around this time, they started to run an ad campaign where she was like queen of the palace. So the palace hotel. And right? she
1: was wearing a fur. Yeah. Okay. Maybe? I don't know. I was a
0: child. <laughs> she it was it was the 80s so it was you know wealth was ostentatious it was about yeah. showing off um and so she so in this advertising campaign it was a whole campaign she was queen of the palace hotel right but because of her behind the scenes ways of uh management her management style hmm. she eventually acquired the moniker queen of mean yeah yes <laughs> Because she, and, and, it, and it got out to the mainstream press because apparently she was known for terrorizing her employees. Oh,
1: so that's how okay. she
0: controlled everything.
1: She was cruel. Yeah. Okay. Interesting.
0: For, for instance, Alan Dershowitz, uh-huh. who was once her lawyer, was having yes. breakfast with her at one of the hotels. And he, he received a cup of tea with a tiny bit of water spilled on the saucer. Okay. She grabbed the cup from the waiter and smashed oh. it on the floor, then told him to beg for his job. Allegedly, that's allegedly very cruel. Yep. Like yep.
1: you don't have to be like that to to to, to keep she- your power. You just don't.
0: It's so interesting though, because I read that, but then when I watched her in the Mike Wallace thing and her interacting with people, and obviously she was putting on a show because the cameras were there. Yeah. But she was also very like, she talked about one employee who did something and she admonished her. And then she said, now she is my best employee. That's all I ask. Well, yeah. People take instruction. So,
1: so fear, you know, will yeah. do the job. It's true. But like. The consequences of fear are you are the queen of me.
0: Congratulations. Well, I have a feeling, though, that she and this is not making excuses for her, but I have a feeling, though, she's one of those people that if she liked you, she liked you. She didn't. Nothing you could do would be good enough. And which is hell if you work for someone who nothing you can do is good enough. Haven't we all had
1: that boss? Oh, yeah. Mm -mm. Oh, yeah.
0: And she yeah. So, but not only was she like queen of mean and just shed a, a short fuse, allegedly, she was mm-hmm. also allegedly very cheap. right? What? So,
1: she was like she, a zillionaire.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she and Harry were building this uh, big home in upstate New York. Um, was it upstate New York? Uh, yeah, it was upstate New York. And they were building a barbecue pit. And the work was performed by um, this guy named Eugene Brennan, a personal friend of Jeremiah McCarthy, the chief engineer at the Helmsley Spear Hotel. Okay. When the final bill came to 13,000, she refused to pay, citing shoddy workmanship. What a bitch. And when McCarthy pleaded with her to honor the bill, citing the favor done on his behalf, because he's like, I this is a favor for me. Like, this looks bad on me. Yeah. And she was like, Brennan, his friend, Eugene, had six children to support. She reportedly replied, quote, why didn't he keep his pants on? Then he wouldn't need the money. It quote. What? Yeah. Wow. Yep. She never paid it. She was it. also, um, she probably, probably not. I would I smash that, that shit hole, up. Like, I would smash it up. The fact that she, the fact that, you know. You get work done, and you know the work was not shoddy. You're not gonna no, get a job for a rich person. Literally perfect. Yeah. And she just didn't want to pay. Um, she so she, yeah, she probably just didn't want she just didn't want to pay. Like these people, it reminds me of Damn. H. H. Holmes, like the thing that got H.H. H. Holmes, the serial killers, that he refused to pay the workers who worked <laughs> on his murder castle. <laughs> I find that so hilarious and ironic. I know. Um, right?
1: Crazy yeah. It's gonna
0: like, you're a cheap ass. That's a, that's your downfall that you're a cheap ass. So, like, you have now billions. She, she probably had billions. I just. That's not the point, though. I don't even the care. The point is,
1: you hired I someone. Free. I want it for free. I want it for free. Listen. I want it for free. Bish. Okay. That's why she no still. Girl. That's why she
0: was still rich.
1: I don't like. So. 13,000 is like a dollar to me. Like, 13,000 to her was like $5.25 to me.
0: No, she would reportedly buy a pair of shoes, wear them once or twice, and then take them back and demand the money. She did this? She did this, allegedly. Mm. So allegedly a lot wrong with what she did
1: in a lot of ways. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm, so girl. in addition to being allegedly a cheapskate and a hard boss, she like this, at this, basically the slightest mistake any employee employee ever made. She was usually grounds for firing them. And then she was known to shout insults and obscenities at uh, certain <sighs> employees just before they were fired. So
1: now, you know, what's what's, uh, what I think is interesting, she was very much her time and place because you could not do that now because we have cell phones and we can capture everything. And by the time we're done with you, popular sentiment would not be on your side. People would stop doing business with you.
0: Right. But that is why people that's the railing against wokeness. People don't want to be accountable for their actions. And I'm okay with being accountable for your actions. Yeah. No matter what time or place, you should not be yelling obscenities at people. And I understand, listen, I I lose my temper all the time. I understand losing your temper. And I understand that some people seem, um, you know, common sense is not common. I get it. Um, But you have to treat people as adults and treat them with respect. They're not your freaking children. And you don't yell at children like that. So, why are you yelling at grown-ass people? Just because you
1: pay them? Yeah, because you pay them? No, you don't own them. Sorry, that's
0: illegal now. Thank you. No. Now, you would think that her family would be spared this kind of treatment, right? No, I wouldn't, actually. (laughs) Right. You'd be wrong. Yeah. Because on March 31st, 1982, her only child, Jay, from her first marriage, he died of a heart attack resulting from an arrhythmia.
1: Oh, that, Um, that is very sad.
0: Now, her son's widow, who lived in a property that Leona owned, received an eviction notice shortly after his funeral. Wow and Leona successfully sued her son's estate for money and property that she claimed he had borrowed, which and she was ultimately awarded one thousand one hundred and forty six thousand and ninety two dollars Wow i what the fuck is rock girl
1: no we need like a good therapist maybe psychiatrist we need to like figure out our deep darkest like because this is not mm-mm. Mm-mm. whatever happened to her do you know like the the widow
0: eventually uh some some eventually they kind of reconcile a little bit but not for a long time because can you imagine you just lost your husband like so like surprisingly because he was only i think i think he was about 42 yeah he was 42 jeez so he died suddenly and could you and then his mother evicts you <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah i don't want to be like bish the whole episode but i'm gonna be because bitch you know like
0: no i don't know dick, no i, she's I get a, it she's
1: also a dick
0: i'm like what yeah she's a dick she's a dick yeah i like the dick now <laughs> It's, yeah, Yeah. Queen of Mean was, yeah. And now despite, at this time, at the time in the 80s, they were worth, the Helms were worth over a billion dollars in the 80s, right? Yeah. They were still known for disputing uh payments to contractors and vendors um in 1983 they bought a 21 room mansion in, in greenwich connecticut actually it was in connecticut not upstate did new york did they buy it or did they, it just, a weekend retru- did they just squat in it you know <laughs> no they actually bought it okay. they bought it um certain things i think people do because you don't want to look bad amongst the other rich people because mm. then people start to think oh do they really have money or, you know, certain things you're willing to spend money on. And they're willing to spend money on themselves, but I'm sure they still uh, disputed a lot of the work that was done on the home because, of course, they had to do some renovation. So now the property costs $11 million, um, but they want to make it more luxurious. So they included a $1 million, they added a $1 million uh, dance floor, Whoa. a silver clock and a mahogany card table, the rem- the remodeling bill came to about eight million dollars, which <laughs> they were loathed apparently to pay. <laughs> and like, it, remember we were saying that they probably uh, disputed it. A group disputed the contractors yeah. the bills. A group of contractors sued them, of course, for non-payment. Good. And they eventually had to pay off most of the debt owed to the contractors, but they had to take them to court to get them to do it. That's utterly fucked up
1: and these people now in 19 19- they're they don't get eight million dollars they have supplies you know right right people right. work contractors among contractors like okay
0: but it's also this- like people's salaries to pay uh to buy food for it, for their families like take care of their families you know, like, and themselves we're so. not
1: doing this for funsies
0: <laughs> yeah now, in 19, during this, and, and this is why you need to pay your bills, especially when you got the money, because in 1985, during the court proceedings where they had to sue, um, the contractors revealed that most of their work was being illegally billed to the Helmsley Hotels as business expenses.
1: Oh, yeah. That so tracks.
0: during the investigation, the contractors sent a stack of the falsified invoices to the New York Post to prove that the Helmsleys were trying to avoid tax liabilities okay and because of that the post story led to a federal criminal investigation that makes me very happy (laughs) see pay your bills downfall h.h homes i'm just saying we can't do him on here because he's a dude but yeah now jeremiah mccarthy their executive engineer also alleged that Leona demanded, repeatedly demanded that he sign invoices to bill personal expenses to the Helmsley Spear. And when he declined to do so, she she would explode shouting, you're not my fucking partner. You'll sign what I tell you to sign, end quote. Now. Why ain't she precious? Okay. Now, in 1988, the then U.S. attorney, Rudy Giuliani. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, Rudy. Indicted the Helmsleys what? and two of their associates on several tax-related charges as well as extortion.
1: You know, it's weird to like Rudy Giuliani in this moment.
0: Like, it's a re- it feels awkward a little. No. This is, it's like, dude, you're literally, I'll get to that. So, now. Okay. The try now before I get to that, actually, let's 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 uh, talk about that here. So one of her main competitors, or at least at his head, during this time was Donald Trump oh, to fun. Leona Helmsley. Right. He yeah. hated her. He hated her. Part of the reason he hated her is he's a he doesn't like women, he hates women, but right. also that she was actually and everyone in New York, just so you guys know, everyone in New York knows that Donald Trump is is uh full of shit yep. and was was not really like really a real businessman everyone in new york he's a laughing stock in new york because they know they everybody talks and she knew that he was he was just uh living off of his daddy's yep. accomplishments that she was actually a hotel mogul which is true. She was a property mogul, and he was not. And he hated her. He hated, hated, hated her. So that's why I find it ironic that I Giuliani mean, indicted her. Yeah. And then now ends up working later on, ends up working for a guy he knows. So Giuliani knows that Trump was full of shit. Because everybody in New York was like, Trump was full of shit. And has no class. I
1: mean, and I, so. yeah, I remember people would visit and like, I want to see the Trump building. All right, roll your eyes. All right, it's right over there. Yep. Should we go in? Why? It's building. Take a picture.
0: People were like, long. he's just everyone knew it's just like in anyway. So now the trial was delayed until the summer of nineteen eighty-nine due to numerous motions by uh, their attorneys, most of them related to Harry's health. Harry was a lot older than her. And I yeah. will say, in the interview with uh, Mike Wallace and, and even Barbara Walters, her she was crazy about Harry. She okay. would always be like, "Look how gorgeous he is. Like he he's so gorgeous. Look at him." And she she'd get like soft around him and like it was really really interesting. That is interesting. Like because when you look up pictures of hers of her older after this time and she's just she looks like the queen of mean, but like just to see her being like um like giddy around her husband and they're like laughing and like it's just it was really really interesting so this was definitely a love match it didn't hurt that he was rich um but she even said she's like he's rich he's gorgeous she kept saying he's gorgeous and she's like he's so smart i am the luckiest girl ever right
1: okay like if these people were so terrible
0: you would be like this is relationship goals because she I was mean- just like
1: oh, oh. Two this truths really can exist at the same time. Like, exactly. Yeah.
0: So, but around 1989, he was, uh, he was ill by all accounts. So, okay. he began to appear feeble. Um, and um, he had had a stroke around that time uh, due to a pre-existing heart condition. Oof. Okay. So, and he was, and like I said, he was a lot older than her anyway. So, ultimately, he was ruled mentally and physically unfit to stand trial. Oh. So Leona would oh, face no. the charges alone. Okay, girl. Now, at trial, uh her former exe- a former executive at one of her properties, Mike Rufino, said that he refused to sign phony invoices billing the company for what had been done on the Connecticut mansion. Right. Um he he was originally employed to assist Harry through the hospitality management arm of the business. Um but uh, Leon and he said that Leona fired him on several occasions for refusing to sign bills because he's like this is shady as fuck. I think like, like I mean, people New got fired. Know shady as fuck. I mean, and then she would rehire them and then fire them yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, only so she would, he would, she would fire him and then he would just. Yeah, she would just usually be like, okay, fine, whatever. Just come back to work. So she just kept firing. It was, it was a game they would play because he's like, I know what you're doing, girl. I know what you're <laughs> doing. Um, now, another key witness in the uh, in the trial was a former housekeeper at the Helmsley home, a woman Ooh. by the name of Elizabeth Baum, who recounted Leona telling her uh, once, quote, we don't pay taxes. Only the little people pay taxes, end quote. <laughs> now, in the Barbara Walters interview I watched, she yeah. re- she she denied it, of course. She was like, of course, I wouldn't say that. But I'm like, mm, yeah, you probably could say you that. Fully you fully said that, it. But- like, allegedly. Yeah. Fully,
1: allegedly said it.
0: mm Mm-hmm. Now, and during the trial, the reason why we know she was a queen of mean and was uh, called that by most of people working for her is because during the trial, all of this came out. Her abusive behavior, her micromanaging um, of employees and family members, uh, her trying to scam contractors and even being terrible to senior executives. Uh, Former employees testified that the trial, quote, about how they feared her with one calling, how she she casually fired him while she was being fitted for a dress, end quote. Yeah. Wow. Most people. Yeah. Not okay Yeah. I mean, and most legal observers felt that um, her hostile personality in uh, in general and then her arrogance that came off of her, it alienated the jurors. It was not going to go well. Plus. Let's call it out misogyny because is she, and she's right. In in one of the interviews I watched on her, she was like, if I were a man and I was like this, it'd just be like, he's a good businessman. And she's absolutely right.
1: That is very true. I would think he's a terrible person, but that doesn't excuse person. the actions. Like that's very true, yeah. but that's just, that just yeah. means our society's fucked up. Exactly. You know, that doesn't make her okay, you
0: know? Yeah. So on. So it was not looking good. So on August 30th, 1989, Leona Helmsley was convicted of one count of conspiracy to defraud the U.S., three counts of tax evasion, three counts of filing false personal tax returns, Mm -hmm. 16 counts of assisting in the filing of false corporate and partnership tax returns, and 10 counts of mail fraud. (laughs) She was uh, uh, acquitted on the extortion uh which was a, a charge that could have sent her to prison for the rest of her life but uh she was she was sentenced to 16 years in prison
1: I mean um
0: yeah which was now it was eventually uh reduced to uh 8 um uh, it was eventually reduced down because 8 of the convictions were dropped later on but it was clear that she was going to prison so after the verdict she came out and it was a media like she was like she was on on the cover of of newspapers queen of mean like it was like sensational it was like new york and it's in new york like yeah everyone was covering this it was like a madhouse like outside the courtroom and she 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 did her best karen impression she fainted she was like (laughs) oh And they had to carry her away. (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, She collapsed outside the the, vapors.
0: Yeah, no, she she actually fainted. She collapsed outside the courthouse. She later she was later diagnosed. I mean, yeah, I mean, she was later diagnosed with a uh, hypertension and irregular heartbeat. Okay. Um, Okay. Now her (laughs) her lawyer, like Alan Dershowitz, uh, was retained uh, to appeal the judgment. Um, following the appeal, which resulted in reduced sentence, she was ordered to report to prison three years later on oh tax God. day, April oh. 15th, 1992.
1: I really like that it was on tax day. Like, I really appreciate yeah. that.
0: She was eventually re- uh, released from custody on January 26, 1994, after serving 21 months. Okay, That's not a long time. So this is how rich people... So she was sentenced, uh she well, she was convicted on August thirtieth, nineteen eighty nine. She didn't go to prison until nineteen
1: ninety two. This is okay. you know, because when you're white, you know, you and get rich. away with some shit. Yeah, and rich. Yep. Like yep. in terms of like race and class, you're you're winning. Now, were yep. you a male, you'd be there for a month, probably. Exactly. Just the way it's the true. world works, right? Um, yeah. You know, there's like a two-year tax if you're female, I guess.
0: Exactly. Now, she was uh, later, so years after, so after being released, she spent most of her time in isolation, especially after Harry died in 1997. Okay. He left her his entire fortune, including the Hemsley Hotels, the Palace, Empire State Building, estimated to be worth, his estate was estimated to be worth excess of $5 billion in 1997. Now, she was estranged from her grandchildren because she yeah. evicted them and their mother after their Ooh. father died. Yeah, that makes a lot <laughs> of she, sense to me. She had few friends and she was living alone in her lavish apartment. But she did have one friend, one companion, a doggie. <laughs> she had a dog. Yeah, because a dog can't argue um, back. Yeah. But also, not only did she go to prison and get out, but because of her um, conviction, she was she was labeled a felon, so she had to actually give up all of the properties that had alcohol licenses. Oh, that's probably yep. most of them. Yep. So she, so she basically ended. She spent the last couple years of her life, or the last few years of her life, um, uh, in her penthouse atop the Park Lane Hotel. Uh, this place was so fabulous. Her, her, their, um, their apartment had a inside pool what that's how rich these people were <laughs> well i mean they were billionaires yeah. i didn't even know you could do that yeah now she well you can do anything almost anything we have money now her legal problems didn't didn't end actually uh with the, the the her case in 2002 she was sued by charles bell a former employee who alleged alleged that she that he was fired solely for being gay yeah, probably. You know she did that shit. She, she definitely did that shit. Yeah, uh, because the jury agreed, and they ordered her to pay him uh, eleven million over about eleven million dollars. But it was uh, eventually reduced to about five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's some
1: bullshit. Give him eleven million.
0: I know. Yeah, he should have gotten. Uh, I would cut that in half. Six point five million. All right, fine. Give that man but you know, you know, she no. did that. She did that, and before, jury knew he, it. before she fired him. She probably just. Threw all kinds of slurs at him, just just awful, just awful, awful, awful. Now, eventually, she died of congestive heart failure at the age of eighty-seven on August twentieth, two thousand seven, um, at her summer home in Greenwich, Connecticut. Mm, now, cardiovascular home, disease, yeah, ran in her home, uh, ran in her family, so it wasn't surprised, um, but because it also killed her father, her son, and her uh, and her sister. So, um. She was entombed next to Harry in a mausoleum constructed uh, for about $1.4 million yeah. and is set on three-fourths acres of Sleepy Hollow Cemetery in Westchester County, New York. Now, uh, I'm almost finished here. So she left the bulk of her estate, uh, estimated around $4 billion, to a charitable uh, trust, actually, that huh. did a lot of good in the city. Um, but she also left... <laughs>
1: money to her dog oh my god i knew you were gonna say that i knew you were gonna say that i don't know how i knew but like i knew okay um
0: lucky little puppy she actually i know so she also left um a lot of money to the dog i mean a lot a lot of money so eventually though because of the ridiculousness of that family members were able to reduce that so uh trouble the Maltese dog got mm. only twelve million dollars and That's it was put it? into a trust.
1: Stop yeah. it. Stop um, it.
0: Eventually they also got it down to about two million. Uh okay. just to pay for obviously it's to pay for somebody to take care of trouble and you know. Um yeah, now $2 million died. dollars.
1: Yeah. You need two million dollars <laughs> to take care of one dog. You're right. Yeah. That makes sense I mean, to me.
0: I take care of Trouble for free, but I mean, with $2 million, no, 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 no. I me and Trouble I, be living a high life.
1: okay? I need $2 million to take care of Trouble. That of sounds Trouble. right. That's about... Uh, especially
0: a Maltese. That's a little doggie. That's a little doggie. Um, mm-hmm. Trouble died about uh, three years later at age 12 in December of 2010. Um, so the remainder of the funds reverted back to the charitable trust. Um and now they had wished that trouble be interred with uh her in the uh, mausoleum, sure. but New York State prohibited pets from being inhuman. So yeah, now Leona had four grandchildren. Okay, two of them uh, each received five million dollars in a trust and five million in cash, under the condition that they visit their father's gravesite once uh, each calendar year. Um, and then they had to sign a paper, all that other stuff. Her other two grandchildren, Craig and Megan Panzier, re- re- uh, received nothing. <laughs> what the fuck? Why? <laughs> She's such a bitch. She's such a bitch. Jesus. It was something they had said. Probably they didn't take to kind of the, the way she treated. Yeah, they probably uh, were like, you're a bitch. Their father's a widow. So now in 2008, the judgment uh was ruled that judgment where she cut out the other two yeah. uh, was um, uh, reverted back because they ruled that she was mentally unfit when she executed uh, her will. So of the 10 million originally bequeathed to trouble, 4 million was awarded to the charitable trust and 6 million was awarded to Craig and Megan who had been disinherited. Um, now the ruling did require that they keep silent about the dispute with their grandmother. Um and delivered to the court any documents about her. Um, she did leave $15 million, uh to her brother, Alvin Rosen, uh, Ro- Rosenthal. And she left $100,000 to her chauffeur, Nicholas Celia.
1: You know, the way so, she divvied up money, I just don't. It's a control. It's a control. It's so like, stupid.
0: Y'all get yeah. zero. Let's- and also to to foster infighting amongst the grandchildren it's just a nasty piece of business like she's a nasty piece you know well that she was also indeed notorious that is leona helmsley the queen of mean
1: (laughs) thank you so much for her she is a fascinating ride you know
0: (laughs) she is hilarious and we what every picture you see of her she's look, she's looking like this yeah she is literally LaVetta DeVille.
1: She made the greatest face.
0: <laughs> no one can She's see. literally Cruella DeVille without <laughs> trying to kill doggies. She's literally Cruella. I bet you Glenn Close oh. modeled Cruella DeVille yes. off of Leona Helmsley. Yeah. So
1: true. So, oh my God. All right. Well, thank I mean, you so for her. I, my
0: pleasure. Who's your I, notorious woman? I'm taking us on a week. very,
1: very different journey. Oh. Okay. Let's go back a few years to the year, I think it was 2012. I was in a play, and of course, I was so talented and amazing, Um, so I just wanted to share that. And since nobody videotaped it, you can't prove me wrong. Um, About the woman I'm going to talk about today. Her name is Artemisia Gentileschi.
0: What? Is that Italian? It's Italian. Artemisia Gentilelli. Artemisia
1: I'm very sorry to anyone who is Italian. <laughs> I apologize. We're Americans. We're very Americans. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> very Americans. <laughs> truth is truth. Um, she was born in Rome on July 8th. 1593. Wow. Oh, Let's go back in time, y'all. So, our birth certificate says 18, not 1590, but we don't know why. No idea. This hmm. is, you know, this is like old, old, so we know what yeah, we know. Yeah. Yeah. And she was the eldest child of Prudencia Diatoviano Mantoni... That was very disrespectful, and I heard it. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Stop now. And the Tuscan painter Orazio Gentileschi—he um, was a painter from Pisa, and he was a very well-known artist. So she, her mom, died in 1605, um, and I think she led a kind of a typical childhood-ish. Um, but around, when her mom passed uh she was she approached painting for herself uh her oh. father had a workshop and she had much more talent than her brothers so they were all painting together but she was the good one you know mm. the one with mm-hmm. actual talent despite her boobs yep. okay <laughs> i know it's weird what are you going to do um So by the age of 18, 16, 12, she was known for her exemplary talents and her father would boast about her. Um, He would say that despite painting for only three years, that she had no peers, that she was the best Mm. of her kind. So that's nice. I love love her daddy. Well, sometimes we'll go, we'll get, we'll, we'll move it along. Right. So, And she also had her own approach. Like her father um, was very influenced by the work of Caravaggio. Now, I don't know what any of this like really means, but maybe you do. You've seen
0: Caravaggio. You've seen Caravaggio. When you see Caravaggio, you're like, oh, yeah, I recognize that style of painting. Yeah.
1: So many museums in my life. I'm like one of those like educated people that like, oh, let's go to a museum. But I don't I don't know that I retain much the name looks
0: familiar. Hmm. Yeah, you you know. Okay. When you see it, you're like, "Oh yeah, I know." Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Um but she differed by taking a very uh, a much more naturalistic approach. Um and I, I just side note her works are very powerful because of it. Um mm. so her earliest surviving work um in which she completed at the age of 17 is called Susanna and the Elders Y'all, she's just incredible um, It depicts the biblical story of Susanna um, And it shows how she assimilated the realism um, And the effects used by Caravaggio And then there's like more That goes into detail about art That I don't fully comprehend But I will say I've seen pictures of it Like you can look this up And it's it's very powerful Okay, so there's a there's an interesting. The New Yorker for this painting has has a quote that I'm going to say. Uh, it's a it says with this painting and with many other works that followed, Artemisia claimed women's resistance of sexual oppression as legitimate subject of art. This oh. was like early 1600s.
0: So she was spilling the tea. She
1: was spilling. In the paintings. She was like, you guys, it's like this. Okay. Oh. Now, fair warning, she's a woman and bad things happen to women. And this is a story oh. of a bad thing happening to her. So in 1611, Orazio was working with a man named Agostino Tasso to. Decorate the vaults of Casino del Muse inside the Palazzo Pallavicini Rospigliosi in Rome. Probably just said the palace, <laughs> but it's too late. <laughs> um. So in May, one day, he visits. Tassi Aww. visits their household, and he rapes her. Um. There was another man, Cosimo Quarli, and it just says he played a part in the rape.
0: We don't, Ugh. yeah. So, because God forbid, a woman <sighs> is just living her life, yeah, without me forcing her to see my penis. You think
1: you're so good? Because think about it, he was an the artist too. The other guy too. is probably the lookout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the lookout. Yeah. Well, you know, saying actually, speaking of lookout, s- story gets more complex. Oh. So after her mom died, so she's surrounded by just men. She has brothers. She's a father. Um, so when she was seventeen, her father rented the upstairs apartment to a female tenant, a woman named Tuzia. I played Tuzia. Now, I did not oh. know this part of what happened because I didn't do this. In the play, in which I was obviously a genius. Um, Obviously. Thank you for saying that. Um, So, Tuzia and Artemisia became friends, right? Um, Yeah. During the rape, Tuzia heard her cry out for help and actively ignored it. She pretended she did not know what was happening and did absolutely nothing.
0: Was it that she was afraid that if she went down that it would also happen to her or? Could be.
1: Could be. Could
0: be. Because it's not like we had phones back then where you could call, you know. Did they know she was home? But
1: couldn't she have gone outside for help? Found, found her father? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like
0: how, how is the setup of the...
1: Right? Yeah, like... But also... So, but also, so, okay, so then Mm. after this happened, it was expected they would get married because she's no longer a virgin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, And that fucker
0: probably knew that.
1: Fucker. Well, well, (laughs) (laughs) the story just keeps storying. So they needed to restore her virtue, obviously. So her father was like, okay, you were massively violated. You will marry your violator. Coup. What? So then they started having sex on the regs, right? I mean, like Stockholm Syndrome, anyone, right? And then Tuzia was the one who coordinated their sex life, basically. She would, like, sneak him up. What? Yeah. 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 Wait a minute, but weren't they engaged? So, But they're still having sex and, you know, back in the day it was like, you don't want the baby to be born three months after the wedding. You know what I'm saying? So the wedding has to happen first. So this is going on for a while and then after uh, after about nine months uh, her daddy found out that he was not in fact planning on marrying her. Then then her daddy decided to press charges against him for raping her because he wouldn't I'm marry her. I'm so confused. Her, he wouldn't. Tassi was like, "I don't actually want to marry her." Psych. And so then Artemisia's father, Orazio, was like, "I'm sent. I'm. I'm suing you because he had violated the family's honor." So not he had violated his poor daughter who is now suffering mentally and emotionally because you are she is obviously it's because you you fucked with the family's honor okay
0: i'm so confused as to why he's still alive yeah i mean i listen mm -hmm. let's i get it because at this time because Because in in the father's mind, in society's mind, if she goes to marry a man, then she will fail the test of the night of the wedding with the blood, right? right? She'll fail that test. Right. So that's why the guy has to marry her. But why? Like, I know how shotgun weddings work. He should. They should have been married. If we're going to do this, Mm. they need to be married within three days of the incident happening.
1: That's what I'm saying. Right. Also, doesn't she have brothers? Like, right. He, he kind of half asses the if, father thing. You know what I'm saying?
0: And if she's not married, right, she has brothers. If she's not married within three days and he's still alive, I'm so confused. Like, why is he still alive? Like, she has brothers okay. and a father and he's Did still Did he breathing? outrank them or something? No. Was it a ranking thing, maybe? No. Like a society thing? Okay. No. Okay. Because um, I don't know why this man's still alive if he's not married to my daughter within three days. Right? I just don't understand.
1: No. I don't know why he's still alive at all. At
0: all. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's also that poison in the, the tofana. That's
1: right. It's the same.
0: I mean, this is why motherfuckers need to be. I mean, listen. That's
1: why she was so You such come a on necessary... over, get some little
0: nookie, mm-hmm. and I'll give you a little tea. Mm, delicious. Ignore the bitterness. Here's some more oh, honey. No, for it's tea. good for you. Yeah, it's delicious. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm just, you know,
1: I got new honey. Mm, new honey. I'm so,
0: yeah. I'm so confused. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, um honestly, it's it's more confusing. Ready? It's more, mm-hmm. should we say interesting? During hmm. the trial that lasted 7 months, it was discovered that Tassie was married. That he had planned to murder his wife, had been having sex with his sister-in-law, and the plan was to steal Lorazio's paintings. Uh huh. Uh huh. Meanwhile, no wonder they made like, a play of
0: this. What? Yeah. What yeah. in the telenovela nonsense is going on here? <laughs> what? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't even keep it in his pants enough to to take out a uh, like to. Stick to his own plans of stealing this right? man's paintings. Exactly. He has to rape the daughter and yep. then complicate his life. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Seven month trial. Yep.
0: Wow.
1: Um, which this is, this is great because the trials were really like, they really wanted the truth to come out. Like honesty was important mm-hmm. to them. It was so important to them that they used thumbscrews for the purpose of verifying Artemisia's testimony. Right. Not hey, his so they tortured testimony. her? They tortured her. Because you know women, they like lie, you know, just to get their way. Mm.
0: No wonder they were poisoning these assholes. Yeah. I would poison all
1: of them. I would like to go back in time. Because there wasn't enough poison.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: Alright. Yes. So they did win, and he was. He was exiled to Rome, although he never or from Rome, sorry, but they they just didn't follow through. They were like, leave Rome. And then they just went to have dinner and
0: some wine and forgot about him.
1: Yeah. Cool. So
0: the next sentence is then his body was found Mm -hmm. floating in the canal. yeah,
1: Yeah. I wish. I wish. Nope. But he does like go away um and then her father arranges her to marry another another man pierre pierre mm, Pier antonio pierre antonio pierre antonio stiattesi i think that was not bad okay I love uh, italian
0: it was pretty wow. bad wow that's
1: solid judgment <laughs> on your face right now i'm just
0: okay. being <laughs> honest miriam <laughs> It is. I'm not like. Listen, (laughs) it's still not as bad as Jared Leto's Italian accent in The House of Gucci. Oh, I know. It is like, oh my God, if you want to cackle. I do. He's literally like, my name is Luigi, <laughs> but i I kid you not. And this is my brother Mario, and we will fight my <laughs> We will, <fight>. we will <laughs> drive in oh, the Christ. car. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, everybody has a different Italian accent in this movie. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> Be sure not to hire any Italians when you make a, a movie about Italian. <laughs> No, Lady Gaga's Italian. She's doing like an Italian vampire accent. I don't know. Al Pacino's in it. He's doing another kind of accent. I don't know what's going on, but at least it's better than that.
1: (laughs) Thank you. That's a compliment, I think. I don't know that Jared Leto is like,
0: Jared Leto is like, this is a comedy. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) This is hilarious. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Um, No
1: problem. You're just complimenting my perfect accent. And that's what I just heard. Yes. Um, So he, this Pierre guy, I'll call him Pierre, Pierre Antonio. I don't know what I'll call him. Husband. His husband um, was a modest artist from Florence. And then after they... uh, Got married. They moved to Florence and spent six years there. And she became a very successful court painter. She had the patronage of the House of Medici, and she played a significant role in courtly culture of the city. She was the first woman accepted into the Academy of the Arts of Drawing, Um, and she she maintained good relations with the most respected artists of her time. So, basically, people knew she was badass, right? She. Yeah, w- was acquainted with uh, a little-known gentleman named Galileo Galilei. Have you heard of him? <laughs> yes, I, I have. Yep. Yeah, you, um, she wrote him. There's a letter that's that they found that she wrote to him in 1635, um, and it's possible that it may have inspired her depiction of the compass in a painting allegory of inclination. Um. So this connection in Florence widened her education and exposure to the arts now women were not educated they were not taught to write not taught to read she then learned to write learned to read uh, became familiar with musical and theatrical performances which at the time was kind of unheard of um she basically it 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 helped her approach to depict lavish clothing in her painting. Like if you look at her paintings, it's like she she learned a lot and she put all of that into her work in a way that was not unusual, but but different. It was her own thing. Um, in 1615, she received the attention of Michelangelo Buonarroti <clears throat> It was um, the younger. It was... His nephew. So it wasn't like Michelangelo, oh. Michelangelo, but I was like, psych, right? See what I did there? Um, yeah. But it was, you know, his nephew. And this is cool. A great nephew, I should say. So they were constructing the Casa mm, Buonarroti. Bu- <clears throat> Sorry, something in my throat um, to celebrate. You know, Michelangelo, Michelangelo. Um, and he asked Artemisia, along with other Florentine artists, to contribute a painting for the ceiling. Uh, at the time, she was very, very pregnant. So each artist was commissioned to present an allegory um, of a virtue associated with Michelangelo. So she was assigned allegory of inclination. So that was that thing I talked about earlier. Mm, now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was paid 3 times more than any other artist participating in the series and she's the only woman.
0: I don't know why. She must have been amazing. She was like, amazing. Undeniable.
1: Yeah, she yeah. was undeniable. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and it's still there on the Galleria ceiling on the second floor. Um and they think that every every time she painted a woman it was a self it was a self um mm. portrait. Mm. Which was so common because yeah. that's what you would do to practice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she had a lot of sig- significant works in this period. She was very well respected. Her works are found in several major galleries, like today the, the Uffizi in Florence is one of them. Um, they they her and her husband had five children, but only one survived into adulthood um Aww. three didn't see their first birthday and one died at the age of five so prudential is the daughter who did survive but was also known as palmyra and so some scholars think maybe she had a sixth child but they don't know they know she did paint mm. her mother did teach her to paint but none of her daughter's paintings did anything maybe she's like mom i'm not a painter you know yeah yeah that's fine yeah um So, in uh, 2011, this is fun, Francesco Solinas discovered a collection of 36 letters dating from about 1616 to 1620 that tells us she had had a passionate love affair with a wealthy Florentine nobleman named Francesco Maria Maringi. I think that was right. Okay. I think Maybe not. Thank you. Okay. So, her husband... Knew about this relationship, was fine with this relationship. And in the letters would write his own personal little note to the man. This was like a love letter. And he'd be like, let me see the love letter to him for a second. I want to tell him something.
0: now." But Italians he, know how to love, huh? Okay, I
1: mean, right? Is
0: open marriage much? <laughs> <You> <laughs> I mean.
1: I mean, I guess like he provided some financial support.
0: I was gonna say he was a nobleman too, so that didn't hurt. Yeah. Like His it's like don't like, be giving her away to some some poor some scrub.
1: Not an my girl. This man, okay, <laughs> we can talk. Not a problem. Yes. Um. Unfortunately, by t- sixteen twenty, the rumors of the affair started to spread, and there were also like I don't know what they were—legal and financial problems. So they were like, let's go to Rome. So mm. this was around when her five year old had died and her father had left for Genoa. Um and then because her lover was in Rome, I think like being around him too much, like things, you know
0: Yeah. It's boiled no to a, a simmer to love a affair. Yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah. Um
1: yeah. so but her career quickly took off and her money problems were pretty much solved. There's no mention mm. of her husband after this time. Mm. Um, so in 1630, she moved to Naples. She stayed in Naples through the end of her life. She had a brief, not that brief, a couple of years that she went to London because her father was in London, but also Charles the First of England asked her to come. He was like a really enthusiastic collector and he was like known for spending too much money on art and was like mm. you know judged and he was like I don't care Um. so she worked with her father at the court for like a little bit I, you
0: know oh, that was a nice coin as they say I bet he they were getting paid you and know, living at the palace she Come was like, on, okay, that court. Yep. if you want me to free room and board and money yes, yes. please mm,
1: I guess so Um. <laughs> so in 1642 she went back to Naples and they thought for a while that she was, she died in, 19, in 1652 or 53, but then they found that she was still accepting commissions in 1654, so they're speculating that she actually died in the plague that swept Naples in 1656. Oh. Um, which, you know, for those days is not like yeah. the worst. Not the best.
0: Um, But wash your hands, people. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. That's all we're asking.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to read this. I don't remember if this is a quote from something, but I found it. So if it is a quote from something, it's a quote from something. I didn't write this. In the patriarchal society with male-dominated values... Women portrayed by Gentileschi appeared as unorthodox, transgressing the stereotypes of gender roles. Often violent scenes depicted by Gentileschi feature strong, vigorous women, warriors or victims, but never delicate, idealized, sensual figures. And I thought I would end it on that.
0: Um, Well, yeah. I mean, her own experience probably... The experiences she'd heard from other women, and you know, but you know, I find it remarkable that as famous and successful as she was as an artist, that you still there's still some like uh, muddledness around her death and like parts of her life. Which I don't know, maybe the plague is the reason. You know, I mean, yeah, a lot of times Uh, a lot of stuff was lost.
1: They just let you die and then picked up your body and threw it.
0: You yeah, know, I don't, but, I
1: don't, I hashtag not historians. I don't know the details of that. Yeah.
0: yeah maybe because um, it's also 1600s, but, but I'm yeah. fascinating, fascinating. And it's also, um, it's, it started out very rocky. I was just like, this is just right? tragic, tragic, tragic. And then right? when you're like, oh, and then she goes on, like gets married and like has children and a successful career as an artist. And
1: But you think oh it's so God. fascinating. She has on one end, like of her life, Right is trauma and then babies dying before three of them before they turn one. Then one who dies at five, the, the trauma, the, the, the horror. Right. And then she has this career. She never stops. She never stops. And she makes good money off of it. Like probably in and out, you know, when someone is, you know, she was getting financed, but like, it's so fascinating to me. You know, and women just yeah. do it. They just fucking do it, you know?
0: I mean, yeah, it's also I it's I think it's inspirational in the in the sense that when things are going really terrible and you're like, am I cursed? Just keep going because you never know what's yeah. on the other side.
1: Yeah. Uh, and
0: hopefully it's, you know, success and love and, you know, security and art you know so that shows up in your life i like that yeah Yeah. so but thank you so much for sharing that message can you say her name one more time for me in the jared leto accent Uh, artemisia gentileshi i apologize yeah yeah Well, on that note, <laughs> that wraps it up for this latest episode of the Notorious Women podcast. Guys, remember to follow us on all the things. Yeah, yes. Um, also, you know, please leave us a five star review. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. And if you would like to leave us a comment on YouTube, uh, we yeah! promise that we'll check it more often. Please we do will. that. <laughs> Um if you also want to support the show through our Patreon, you can do that at P A T R E O N dot com slash notoriouswomen. That's patreon.com slash notorious women. You can give us a few shekels, These as people. Uh, some people like to say. Moolah, um, dinero, would we'll take it all. We take it all in uh, any language. Any, any a, language and Mar- any denomination.
1: American dollars. Trans American dollars. American dollars. Yeah. Uh
0: American Uh, (laughs) You can do that For as little as Two dollars a month Or you can do a One time payment As well We really appreciate it And Miriam How else can they Support the show
1: You can follow us On Instagram It's super easy It's Notorious Women Podcast On Instagram We also have A TikTok page Okay It's you know We need more people On that one We need more people On both things But like TikTok Is new She's new She's new And she's trying And that's also Notorious Women Podcast Podcast, but also our Gmail. If you want to email us, you have any thoughts, um, please do. It's notoriouswmpod
0: at gmail.com. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Well, another great episode, my friend. Thank you so much for going on this journey with me. I love going on journeys Uh, with you. ladies queen of mean and Italian artistic genius yeah uh, yeah yeah all on the same like, day okay women are, mul- are multitudes they're not yeah, one they thing so absolutely not. Um. yeah some are heroic some are horrific but they're all what notorious notorious
1: Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. women okay notorious we should go we really should okay <laughs> all
0: right guys we'll see you next week bye bye